Welcome to the Booze Filled to Spirit Filled podcast. This is your host, Jamel Godlewski. All right, so today I am with my friend, Rachel Dunaway from Alabama. And I met Rachel when we started uh, at Wheaton College a few years ago. And Rachel was a breath of fresh air. And I, I figured out right away that she is gifted and she has a lot to offer the world. And she can give a younger perspective as she is two decades younger than myself. So I've asked Rachel to come on today and answer some questions and giving her perspective, being single, being um, a single white female in the world of leadership, and perhaps not even leadership within a church construct or even within a business construct, but just as a leader, leading her friends, leading her family, leading her peer group. And what does that look like? So Rachel, welcome today. Good to have Yay. you. Yay. Thank you so much, Jamel. I'm so excited to be here. We've had such a journey together personally, you know, being in grad school together. I mean, four years or three and a half, four years of studying together and learning from each other. And then you launched this podcast and you're Great. just doing all these amazing things. And I'm just so honored that you asked me to be on here. Thank you so well, much. God is good. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all have obstacles that we have to overcome. So what are some obstacles that you have already faced and how have you overcome them or how are you still in the process of overcoming them? So obviously there's tons of obstacles I could, I could pull from, but I think that one of the thematic ones for my life um, has actually been loneliness and feeling misunderstood. And that's something that I'm still in the process of overcoming. And I think that it's one of those things that's exacerbated by social media and the rise of that. Um, So I was like around probably 12 or 13 when I got my first MySpace, like MySpace and it went to Facebook and now it's Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all of these things. And there's the sense of you're putting out this highlight reel for people to see and people think that they know you, but then they really don't. You know, because they haven't, because, you know, we have a limited time, but, but you feel people think they know you, but then there's this whole part of you that's completely unseen, you know, right. and a lot of, and the connection, it feels like you're connecting, but you're really not through social media. And I think that it's kind of like cut down on the intentionality that people have with connecting with each other. And so anyway, through that and through just my own life story, I've, I've definitely have struggled with loneliness and feeling misunderstood. And I think I like hid behind people pleasing for a long time as well and hiding myself in ways. And so a couple of years ago, God started taking me down this journey um, and he told me to go to counseling. And that was the first step. And I had no idea what I was doing. I remember showing up there and telling her, you know, I'm really happy on the outside, but there's something kind of sad and missing on the inside. And I remember like starting there with her and like through this journey, like through counseling through opening up and being vulnerable with friends and letting them in on my struggles. Um, And through just like leaning into the Lord, I like have really been able to start overcoming that loneliness. It hasn't gone away. I just have become more resilient 
in walking through that and in carrying that. And one of my biggest takeaways from counseling has been that you can carry multiple emotions at one time. So I can carry loneliness and grief and feeling misunderstood at the same time that I'm carrying happiness. Right. You know? And so that's like, that's probably something that I have, have overcome in small ways, but I'm in the process of overcoming. Um, but I think a lot of that is like learning about mental health and learning about, you know, opening up in relationships and letting people see the real you, not just like a filtered perspective. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started therapy back up this last fall and Jesus and therapy is wonderful. And mm-hmm. by the second session, I thought to my, well, and I, he, he understands our language, like spiritual language mm-hmm. and the Enneagram and all that. And by like the second session, I thought, could he fire me? Like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm too much of a mess. Um, but yeah, like, I think even in leadership, well, we read about that, that there is like this lonely loneliness and this mm-hmm. idea that we do have to like put on a show. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we see in the social media world. Or even as we look at other leaders, like, like you said, we only see one side of it, but there's obviously another side of it. I, I agree though. I think there's been this growing closer to the Lord through that. And that you can have both. You can be thankful and grateful for the journey, but also be lonely and sad and struggling. Like, like you can actually have both. So what, as you think of like, even maybe people that are younger than you, but although I gain a lot of knowledge from you is, you know, what would be the top three things that you would tell people, not just in leadership, but just as they are pursuing like their calling or pursuing like what they feel like God wants them to do, what would be the top three things that you might tell somebody? So I think the first thing like with being a leader is leading with empathy. Mm. I think that's so important, not just for everyone else, but also for yourself, like leading with like this compassion, you know, and having self-compassion. And I think it's kind of hard to, lead other people if you're not leading yourself well in a lot of ways because if you're in chaos it's going to be really hard to do that with other people so I think um, I was actually reading something this morning by Peter Scazzaro I think is his last name who does the most emotionally healthy spirituality and he was talking about like your limitations for leading are like directly related to how well you lead yourself and if you allow yourself to flourish you know And I think that concept of flourishing from our grad school class was so profound for me. Like, what can I do to help myself flourish and to help those around me flourish? Like, that was huge. So I think when I think about the concept of flourishing with leadership, I think leading with empathy is the first one. Second, trying to truly see people and understand them and understand their motivations if you're leading them. And then the last one is be human and be real, like let go of the perfectionism, let go of trying to be everything that everyone wants you to be and just like be your authentic self. Like your authentic self is enough. Right. Right. That is really good. I know that leading with empathy is not one of my strengths. I call them Mm -hmm. lesser strengths, by the way, Mm -hmm. not weaknesses. I like Um, that. But like, I've grown like immensely in that mm-hmm. definitely over the last three years. Like I, I can see tremendous growth. 
And luckily I always had something in me that like, I need to have other people around me, like my board of directors that don't have like my personality. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they've been able to help lead, like teach me how to lead. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Sense of telling me no, or Jamel, you need to slow down or, and so I don't depend on them quite as much to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, knowing like, it's just been huge for, for them to say like the, I'll never forget a board president that I probably had like five years ago. He said, your number one priority is your spiritual life, Jamel, Mm. like number one, not your family, not your mint, not a ministry. Like it is your relationship with the Lord. You do that well. And everything else kind of starts to fall into place. Like that was Mm -hmm. huge. Cause that's not at all what the world would, would teach, teach us, especially like wives and mothers. We don't get taught that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually released an episode called know your team. We did that with our board of directors. And I did that mm-hmm. with our leadership camp. There wow. is we did an Enneagram test <sighs> and then it's going to be in one of the episodes. It's a leadership motivational skills assessment. And so what was interesting is all the kids did it and they all scored like in the middle mm-hmm. and then what the, what that, sh- when you read about it, it was, they didn't have the confidence to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So we talked mm-hmm. about how everybody's Enneagram score was unique. And that means mm-hmm. you're still a leader no matter where you're at, but it was like how important it is to know those people that you're interacting with. I think that's been huge. I think the collective genius, the book, the collective genius was like, yeah. we all come at from different perspectives and different thought processes and different motivational types. They're all great because that we're all made in the image of God. We're just yeah. different. So yeah. I think those are huge. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm right there. Well, it changed my life because even in just relationships, trying to see people for who they truly are. So you could understand their intent and motivations. Um, it changed my life with my brother. He's an Enneagram eight. And I just thought he was trying to be mean, you know, a lot of the times when he was saying what he was saying Cross that way sometimes. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and I mean, obviously there, there might've been times like that, but I realized once I learned that he was an Enneagram eight and that I was an Enneagram seven wing eight. And I understood that he, didn't he wasn't trying to be mean when he was speaking the the truth even if it came across harsh he was doing that to love me it transformed our relationship like me being able to see him as like man he's trying to love me by being super honest right now even if it hurts like when I really realized I was like man this may not be the delivery that I would necessarily want but this is him loving me right and and like when he would stand up for me or whatever it's like that is him loving me you know And so when I started seeing like, this is how he shows kindness, you know, right. uh, I was able to to meet him and we have such a stronger relationship now. Cause I don't like carry my feelings on my shoulders when I'm around him. I try to think, okay, what is he doing in this moment? Okay. He's trying to love me. Right. You know, I think like in just the last month, there's just been a lot of trials, you know, mm-hmm. going on in my life. And my first inclination is I'm going to get in there and challenge and argue and be my eight flaming eight flaming eight. That's my inclination. But luckily to like have other people to balance me out. And in just this last week, 
I went from in the morning being very, very like mad. I'm not, that's my first thing. And then being able to touch base with like a couple people that know enough about me, right? That last part you said about being real and saying, Hey, I'm really mad right now. And I need, you know, like I need you to reel me in or speak mm-hmm. something into me. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, even like being in a completely different place because I was real with like a couple people and then they were able to like, okay, we're going to reel Jamel back in, but with the language that we know she understands. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so it was, it was beautiful. Like just to be able to, you know what, I'm going to be real. I, I have to be real, but in gentleness, like it wasn't, I was in a completely safe spot to be myself. And mm-hmm. then we were able to communicate with each other um, in a way that made sense for all of us. Instead yeah. of like leaving with hurt feelings, because that's usually what ends up happening, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all just stuck in our little lane and no one's listening. Like that's what, that's what we think. They're not mm-hmm. hearing me, you know, and we all were able by the end of the day to be like communicating with each other in the way the other person understood. Um, because it can be, like you said, completely transforming when we think about that. Yeah. And when you put yourself in their shoes and think, okay, like, for example, I have a lot of friends that are Enneagram nines and I think, okay, they're trying to preserve peace and harmony at at the, for, for everybody involved and they, that's their goal. And so, okay, if that's their goal, they're approaching this like this, whereas I'm approaching this, like, you know, more justice minded or, you know, right, right, right. And when you just try to put on that different lens of like, how are they approaching this versus how am I approaching this? And how can we bridge that? I feel like you can make, you know, make a difference and really get somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So last question. And this is okay. where I think when I was your age and probably, well, maybe a little bit later in life, 35, 40, when I really had my first real challenging leadership role mm-hmm. and it challenged my faith. So when you look at how you've grown over the last, let's just say five years, right? So what role has your faith played in that? And what changes have you made in your faith walk through all of it? I think the way that I think I have natural leadership skills that God has like giving, given me, but they look very different from when I first started leading and letting my faith influence that versus now. Before it was very cookie cutter and God was very much kind of in a box and this is who he is. And I'm very confident in that. And I am still confident in who God is, but it just looks different. It's not like as rigid and set in stone. And there was a lot more black and white back then. And now I feel like there's a lot more gray. And I think that that influences my walk with God. Not that God is gray, but that he's way more like wondrous and awesome and mysterious than I ever knew years ago when I was like walking through leadership. And so like now as I'm like navigating things and knowing that God is mysterious in his ways and that things in the natural don't necessarily reflect what's going on in the supernatural, it allows me to like lead differently and to know that like everyone's on their own spiritual journey, you know, and if I'm leading them or influencing them, even in a friendship or in, um, you know, working environment, like they're on their own journey, you know, and God is doing something mysterious, like in their lives. Um, 
I think that like it looks very different now. But with that, God has been showing me lately that there's value in Jesus tells his disciples as they go out to be shrewd as a serpent and innocent as a dove. And I've always been very high on the innocent perspective and very low on the shrewd (laughs) and knowing what the world was like, you know, I, I, you know, grew up in a Christian home and I just didn't have exposure to like a lot of the things of the world in that perspective. And God's been through painful experiences, been showing me ways that I can be more wise and understand the ways of the world. And then, so I can like leverage that. And, but, but I feel like as he shows me that there is the tendency to want to like walk away from the innocent of a dove and just be very like harsh and be like, well, this is the way the world does it. You know, this is the way I should do it. But my prayer has been that God would keep my heart soft as I continue to try to speak truth. And so to to answer your question, I think that probably the way that my faith currently is influencing leadership the most is through this concept of trying to be shrewd as a serpent and innocent as a dove, to walk that fine line of speaking truth, but loving people, of having a soft heart, but holding them accountable and walking in that tension instead of just being binary, you know, and being like black or white, you're either this or that, but walking and saying like, you know, I disagree with you, but I'm going to sit here with you and hold your heart in my hands and love you, even though we disagree, you know, right. and just like walking in that tension and allowing the Holy Spirit to influence me and, and empower me to do that. Cause that is hard work. Right. To do that, that. is definitely like, um, I had an experience, well, you know, politics, blah. There's one of my friends, I want to say close friend, but friend who is a state representative. And sometime this past spring, there was a bill in education. And oh my gosh, I was like fired up because it was horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, my eight, it was horrible. Now, most educators felt the same way. And I was not confrontational, but she definitely knew that I did not agree with it. Mm-hmm. And, and none of the educators did. And yet when we had my high school camp, well, I don't know, it was probably in May. Yeah, it was probably in May. I was like convicted of like, oh my gosh, I held bitterness in my heart because she was voting one way that I didn't agree. Therefore, like I was just, and like the Lord convicted me. Mm-hmm. So I started praying for her. And then I invited her to come to the, our high school leadership camp. Of course, the Lord took the bitterness out of me, right? But it was wonderful because she had us all sit in a circle and I didn't know all of her story. And at the end, she said this to the kids. She said, unity looks like this, that Jamel and I can have different opinions and viewpoints, but we can still be in relationship. Mm-hmm. What we feel is the most important in our personal life, like our love for the Lord, like that is the connection. This other stuff was frivolous mm-hmm. and by far, like that is where I have, I'm still growing, right? Like holding that tension. I think it's like Andy Stanley talks a lot about living intention. Mm-hmm. As leaders, we have to be able to to balance that and live it. I don't think there's ever like a, a perfection, mm-hmm. but we live in it and hold it 
And we can only do that. Like if we keep our focus on Jesus and not on all these, all these other things that truly, and I can be a freak. I think the enemy is trying to get in the way. Like that's what he does. He causes division instead of unity. So yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then God will call you and like tell you to do something that's just so different than what you would think. You're like, like if you're holding bitterness, someone sometimes he'll call you to do things like to send them a kind note to buy them something. And it's like, God, I I, not just, not only is this, is this like weird. Okay. By the world standards, but also this is going to open me up for a lot of misunderstanding, you know? Right. And, and, and it's like, uh, but he's like, I want you to keep a soft heart towards them. Right. I want you to love them. Right. And it's like, oh God, it just, but it transforms you. Right. Do you argue yeah. with God? Cause that's usually when I go, are you serious? Are you serious God? Cause remember I'm a challenger. So like, I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm just like, this is so weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to, and it's fine. You know? Right. But it always, I think it's, it's because it's going to have an impact. And sometimes that impact is on you. You know, you think right. maybe it'll oh. take them. No, it's for you. A lot of totally. Times. totally. For your bit. And you feel like I felt my bitterness and stuff totally. like that melting away when I like bless people that have hurt me or opposed me. Right. You know? All right. So I'm getting a warning that I have time is running out. So we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Rachel. I still, I cannot wait to see how the Lord uses you. You seriously are a breath of fresh air and you are a gift and you have so, so much to offer. I love you forever. You're my sister forever, whether you like it or not. Sorry. Thank you, Jamel. I love you so much. And I'm so thankful you let me be on here. And I would give you a big hug if we weren't like states away. I know. Thank you, Rachel. (laughs) We will be in touch. Okay. Bye, girl. Bye.